Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we have someone who is remaining completely anonymous. Well, he does show he's on video, so you see his face and you see his picture, but his name is not shared. He's, be, he's going by his Twitter name, which is Plate Licking Pleb. If you're not familiar with the term, ple, term pleb, I have Googled it up for you, and the definition is an ordinary person, especially one from the lower social classes. It's a term used by Bitcoiners a lot to identify them themselves as not important people, as just average people, and they'll refer to themselves as plebs all the time. And this person, their name is Plate Licking Pleb, and we will share his Twitter handle. He actually lives in the greater Toronto area. He's in the financial services sector. And on this particular episode, we dive into how he got involved in the Canadian Bitcoin conference, which is this June 17th and 18th. It's a full day on June 17th, a half day on June 18th. Nick and I are going to go. So we brought him here to not only talk about what's going on at the Canadian Bitcoin conference, who's going to be there, what the plan is for this. I think this is the first one ever held that's not a media a meetup about Bitcoin in Toronto. It's actually a conference that's happening. So we wanted to get his insight on that. And then just his journey. I mean, he's in the financial services sector. So how is he talking about Bitcoin? Why is he talking about Bitcoin? That's something that's kind of on the, the fringe of traditional financial services and financial investments. So we're getting his perspective on that uh, as well on this particular episode. So it's a lot of fun. That's what's going on now. And if you are listening to this and you want to get into the world of real estate investing, you can check out what we have going on by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. And if you're new to us, basically we give out a lot of free information on the world of real estate investing because when Nick and I started in this area, we couldn't find any good information ourselves. So we thought we would start assembling some information and now we have blog posts and YouTube videos and all sorts of reports and free books that we hand out. We do about, uh, about once a month, sorry, I'm stuttering here this morning. Morning. I need more coffee. Um, about once a month, we do a free introductory training class on real estate investing where Nick and I are there. We share all the different strategies that we're using. We stick around after to do a live Q&A. So that happens about once a month. You can register for that as well. There's a weekly email that goes out and it goes out to people right across Canada. Actually, the list is goes out to people all over the world, but prim primarily people in, in Canada. You can get onto that by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. So it's all available to you there, rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Plate. I love this. Plate Licking Pleb is in the house. So uh, we are going to chat about, let's just start with the Canadian, um, uh, the Canadian Bitcoin Conference. How did you get involved with this thing and what's going on? Let's, let's start there. So I got involved because uh, I guess like early 2021, uh, I had a really big Bitcoin meetup, right? I was new to Bitcoin. I didn't know that meetups were more like intimate and about learning about Bitcoin and learning and things like that. So I kind of just threw like a party. Uh, okay. so I got like sponsors and there was like free booze and stuff like that. Oh, free booze. That'll and do it. Yeah. 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 Greg Foss was there and like, uh, some speakers. Okay. And, and so it was more like a party. Right. And I didn't really know that, but, uh, either way, uh, the organizers, so it's a, it's a husband and wife team, uh, Dan and Manuela, 
uh, they approached me and uh, Dan is uh, Dan loves Bitcoin, right? Manuel is an event planner by trade. That's her, her day job. Um, and so she kind of said like, okay, I'd like to do a, a Bitcoin conference, right? There, there isn't any in Canada. There's no Canadian Bitcoin only conference. Um, so she said, um, okay, yeah, I'd like to do this. Um, as you guys have probably noticed, Bitcoiners are very skeptical of newcomers and people who aren't involved and haven't proven their loyalty and things like that, right? <laughs> haven't proven their loyalty. No, you're right. right. You're definitely right. Yeah. yeah it's I like there is some rite of passage that seems to happen. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were kind of worried that they didn't maybe have the, the clout that they needed to really be starting a, a Bitcoin conference in Canada. Uh, so they approached me to hopefully, um, I guess, uh, gain some legitimacy or whatever and so plate leaking pleb stepped up <laughs> and, and that's brought legitimate, the, legitimate. Yeah, yeah. Here's noise. how we're going to make this legitimate. Plate is going to step up to the, to the plate here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a very legitimate <laughs> plate licker. <laughs> okay, got it. So they approached you, and then the ball gets rolling on this kind of thing. Um, and then when it, just since we're talking about it now, I thought we would share this at the end, but let's share it right now. When is it? June what? Do you have the dates handy? It's June 17th and 18th. Okay. So the 17th is a Saturday and it'll be half the day on, uh, on Sunday, which, so amazingly this lined up perfectly with Balaji. You guys know Balaji? Yeah. Is his, oh my God. Does uh, it? Prediction. That's why I saw you tweeting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So got said, it. He said 90 days till hyperinflation and hyperinflation as defined as 1 million US dollars per Bitcoin. Uh, that is the date of the conference. <laughs> so so basically perfect. what you're saying is we're going to have a $1 million per big, $1 million US. Yes. That's like 23 million <laughs> Canadian. So it's a $1 million, $1 million. Has, I didn't look into it, but hasn't he already come out and said he's really just doing it to get. Yeah, no, he's been exposure. very public since the uh, beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to get everyone to do the math. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. to play its hat here, to do the math. Yeah, he's just spending money. the money on the bet to get, to get to people to, to pay attention, which I, which is good. Like, I mean, which is good. I actually didn't like this. This guy specifically when he was on the podcast, uh, who was it? Tim Ferriss, I think. And he, he described, uh, Bitcoin maxis and Bitcoin maximalism in a way I completely disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I could articulate exactly how he shared it. But I remember at the time, the way he was explaining it was just like the, 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 the theme of Bitcoin maximalism to him was just offside to me. I don't think, I don't think he got it. So I just kind of dismissed him, but I do appreciate what he's doing now. Like if he's, if what he's doing is trying to bring attention to this and get people to just think outside the box a little bit, mm-hmm. then great. I'm all, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but play, what are your thoughts on what he's, what he's doing? I'm curious. Cause you seem like you have some strong opinions. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, so, so Balaji is a famous pump and dump crypto scammer, guy. scammer, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Pushing the mic. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, and so I think you're right. And as he said, yeah, um, he spoke about Bitcoin maximalists in a negative light, which you have to do if you're going to be pushing altcoins, right? Mm-hmm. And shit coins. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't say Bitcoin maxis are cool guys, but then also buy my shit coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you have to speak negatively about, about Bitcoin if that's your position. Um, I don't know if he truly saw the light now and we're seeing him be converted into a maxi and that's why he's making these outrageous uh, bets. I don't, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> he's looking to profit from it because yeah. it's already spiked yeah. since he said that. So yeah. I think he just has the intention of just kind of like, I think he sees the banking system for what it is and he's really just using this as a bit of a promotional stunt to get attention to it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so. what it seems like. I think so too. Okay, uh, back to the Bitcoin conference before we go off that too much. So what? where are you guys at now? You have some speakers lined up. What's going on with this thing? 
Yeah. Okay. So basically, so June seventeenth and eighteenth, it's at the Chelsea, right downtown Toronto, right. Um, basically, we have workshops, right. So there's going to be like a Bitcoin one hundred and one by Jesse Berger, who you guys oh, had cool. on the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's going to be a hyperinflation workshop, uh, BTC session. What's a hyperinflation workshop? Here's how to buy bread with a barrel full of cash. Here's here's when bread costs one million Canadian dollars. Here's how you're going to be able to buy it. Yeah, no, it's more of like like uh, historical. So he's, he's uh, looking at all the different places in in uh, history. Oh, awesome! The world where hyperinflation awesome. occurred. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually they already booked out one session. Had to schedule schedule a, uh, a second session for uh, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. We we have some friends um, over in Croatia who lived through the '90s, and Nick, this is Josip, who was explaining to us that when he would get paid, I guess this was early '90s, as their hyperinflation was really taking off there, he would get paid, and they would literally run to the store Mm. because the next day prices were going to be higher. Mm -hmm. So they would get paid and exchange their money as soon as humanly possible for whatever they needed at the store Mm -hmm. because one day later the prices were going to be totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine going through that? Yeah. And then I don't know if you know this, our aunt went to jail when the country was still Yugoslavia, when it was all kind of this merge of all these different um, countries into one, um, she went into jail because people would come into the market where she would sell eggs and they would try to exchange their dinars, which were losing value in the late eighties already mm-hmm. for German marks oh. because German marks were the harder currency. Right. This is why anytime I see anyone online who says, well, you know, Bitcoin's kind of hard to get and people aren't going to buy it. I'm like, when shit hits the fan, people mm. fig- learn things really mm. quick. Yeah. And uh, people were coming up to her she was selling eggs but on the side literally on the side of this little counter she was exchanging dinars for german marks and the communist government ended up finding her and putting her in jail wow so um but people were actively looking for harder forms of money and german marks were much harder form of money than Mm -hmm. the yugoslavian dinar at the time Mm -hmm. and so they were willing to do these things to protect their purchasing power yeah yeah. You know, so uh, this has just been a story throughout time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And now we're just over at this next iteration with a, a really fascinating technology that is just game changing. That ends it all. Ends it all. So it will never happen again. I hope you're right. Yeah. I think you are. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I want this. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. So there's a hyperinflation um, workshop. What else mm-hmm. is going on? So workshop wise, there's a uh, cold storage, which which is uh, BTC sessions is going to c- kind of teach everyone how to use their coin kite at yeah, awesome. MK4 and everything like that. Yeah, because um, that's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I looked at my to set mine up. I'm like, I don't know. This looks like it's going to be too much work, and it's still on my desk. It's been on there for yeah. about six months or yeah. eight months. <laughs> I think I need that workshop too. Yeah. 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 yeah, that'll be a good one. I think there's I think there's actually a second one. I think that one's booked up too. So they did a morning and a, an afternoon. So one. how do you get into these workshops? You can already book yourself. In? Yep, yep. When you when you go online, so it's uh, Canadian Bitcoin Conf, so C O N F okay. uh, dot com. Uh, when you buy your ticket, basically right after, it's uh, it kind of prompts you to to register. Oh, so you you workshops. kind of book and you register your own. You kind of choose your schedule as you as yes. you do that. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize because I just saw purchase tickets. I never. I didn't okay. click on it. I didn't see. It. So for clarification, these guys don't know because they are getting free admission as speakers to the to the. Yeah, conference. got it. These guys are going to come talk to us about uh, Bitcoin. And real estate and, and, and things like that. Yeah, well, uh, I saw a title on the website. Is real estate a shit coin? And I figured maybe that I, our names aren't beside it, but I'm like, oh, I, uh, it feels I'm like, like that. Great. Do we are we here now defending yeah. real yeah. estate in some capacity? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, here we are. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully it wouldn't be uh, a heated d- debate or anything like that. But uh, I yeah, think yeah. you guys have some interesting. I think a heated debate is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let it uh, happen. Okay. Yeah, whatever yeah. happens, yeah. happens. Yeah. I think the way it was presented to me, I don't know if Connor, if it was you or someone else, someone said, yeah, we need we need some old 
older guys who know about real estate and gold as well. I'm like, oh shit, now we're the older guys who know Bitcoin, gold, and real estate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we can, luckily Greg Foss is going to be there and he's older than us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got what, 10 years on you? Or yeah. Something like yeah. That? Something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no okay. So th that workshop, what else is catching your eye that's going on there? Yeah. So I brought notes. So I just, so I remember everything. Um, so basically it's going to be about macro. There's going to be talks about uh, financial services and mining as far as regulations, right? We got, we got uh, members of parliament that's going to be there uh, to talk about some of that stuff and, and what they're doing to try and kind of spread that good word uh, in, in parliament. Uh, but then real estate with you guys, there's going to be someone talking about uh, tech advancement in Bitcoin. So uh, right now, the big thing that people talk about is ordinals and, mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. So there'll be someone talking about that. Um, it's going to be a really open forum, right? So we're going to be, it's, it's, it's more intimate than, I don't know if you guys were in Miami, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be much more intimate than that, right? We're selling max 400 tickets. Um, oh, no way. You're capping it at 400. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, oh. the, the, the venue is, is max. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going to sell this thing out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's the plan. That's the plan Okay. is, uh, sell it right out. And, um, so that it can be more intimate as far as open forum, right? Spe mm, that's uh, questions cool. it, from the often audience. You get, and you get the quality, so often in that type of environment, the quality of the people in attendance is, is, is quite good as well. Right. I, versus going wide and just yeah. going to the masses. Right. Which is kind of cool. So that, yeah, that, that's got a good potential to be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. we, we really didn't, we wanted to stick to our guns in that there's not going to be a, a shitcoin company for a sponsor or anything mm -hmm. like that. Right. And mm -hmm. so then it's, it's safer bet to say, okay, let's, let's go small with quality and more intimate and more open forum questions from the audience and things like that. Um, and being Bitcoin only, uh, that, that kind of suited a little, a little better for the first year, at least I'm sure it'll get bigger over time. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff like that. Uh, tons of speakers. So there's going to be, uh, spaces for companies with, with upcoming projects, vendors, uh, networking, art for sale and things like that. Um, but lots of speakers, right? So I can list them all off. It's basically, it's Greg Foss, who you guys know, uh, Tomer Strolight, who you know. Uh, we have Francis Puglio from Bold Bitcoin, right? He's the CEO. He's coming to Canada. He's coming to Canada? For this, yeah. Oh, wow. Famous cool. okay. in uh, Costa Rica. Um, so he's coming to Canada for this specifically. Um, tons of people. So Eric Yakes, uh, he's the author of Seventh Property, which I recommend if mm. you guys haven't read. No, I haven't read that one. I've had it on my reading list for a while. I've never got to it. It's epic. It's yeah. epic. Oh, is yeah. it? It's okay. Like, Everyone uh, seems to say that. Yeah, basically. So like uh, the Bitcoin Standard is the number one recommended book to orange people, people. Um, there are aspects of that that are kind of grading to mm -hmm. a normie, I think, uh, just because he's so intense and so uh, matter of fact. Saifedean's intense? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I find uh, Seventh Property is kind of like the professional uh, uh, above the bar hmm. version uh, of okay. that. Yeah. Okay. And, and it goes into depth of as far as how the federal reserve works and how Bitcoin works. So it's more educational, more professional. So you can, uh, hand that over to people without worrying about offending anyone. Okay. Um, so that's great. So he'll be there, which I'm really excited for as well. Uh, who else? We got Derek Ross, BTC sessions, as I mentioned, uh, Brad Mills, a great Canadian mm. Bitcoiner. Um, we have CEO of hive mining, which is Frank Holmes, which is okay. a really good one. Uh, we have Ali, who you know as well from yeah, uh, awesome. Mimi's. He'll awesome. talk about uh, Bitcoin business because he was at your event talking about the same thing. He was. Right? Yeah. 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 So he'll be there to do that, uh, which is great. Uh, ben Joe Lobb, by the way. 
What were you going to say? Oh, uh, Joey and Len? Joey and Len are going to be yeah, there. Yeah, they? Okay. yeah, so they'll be doing uh, like interviews basically uh, with, with people there, right, attendees. Um, and I think they're going to be doing some foot races as well. You know, they do that, their, their gimmick yeah, at the end no, of their that's, podcast. That's right. <laughs> have you been on their podcast? Uh, we have. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah. So did they ask you amongst you two who would win in a race? I think they happen? did. And I clearly said that we would crush either of these guys. No, no they asked between you and I. Oh, you and I? And I said, oh, if you've I... seen Tom run, and then you're like, no, no, but short distances. No, short distances, it. I'm fine long distance if it's over 400 meters but if this is a quick tom race, runs like he's got cement blocks on his no no his definitely <laughs> short race i i yeah. dominate i thought you know what i think i and i think joey should bring a squat rack he's always talking about a yeah. squat mm. yeah bring a squat rack right he can squat against nick there you go i hope he's listening to this i don't know if there's any extra like insurance requirements <laughs> if they have squat, high, heavy squats Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely races i'll race you guys yeah okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm scared like I throw something out as I do one in the Oh god yeah I need, I need an hour and a half to warm up it's <laughs> yeah, not even totally. worth the time yeah <laughs> totally but uh wow so you guys have a lot jammed into this thing yeah. one, this is going to oh, be yeah. pretty pretty epic It's going to be full like it's 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 going to have to be panels because there's not enough time for everybody to mm-hmm. speak individually right Lawrence Lapard is going to be there uh, I think doing something with Foss I think that's how that's going to work um, Luke Broyles, who's like new on the scene, but somehow like taking oh, the scene right. by storm. Yeah. yeah, so he's going to be there too. Um, and then there's others still in the works that kind of haven't quite signed on the dotted line yet, but there's other very, very big names that I'm excited to announce. Oh, very cool. Maybe next week or the week Oh, I got to think you're like going to smash that 400 person attendee. Oh, yeah. It's like no yeah, problem. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah, it's already, it's already half sold out. Is it? The early bird just ended long. Yeah, Friday. so it's not going to be a problem at all. No, so listen, if you're listening to the, it, it is very rare. Like Miami, when we went to Miami, I feel like there was 20,000 people there. I don't know. Maybe it was 25, 10 or 25,000, yeah. whatever yeah. it was. The Pacific Bitcoin conference looked really interesting. We couldn't yeah. get there because of the dates didn't work for us. I was interested to go to that one. That was like 1,500. Mm-hmm. But this one at 400 people. And that seemed way more appealing. I had 1,500. Yeah. And the qual- I mean, you know, the quality seemed good. I wasn't there, but uh, it seemed more interesting. And th- this getting in at early when the first one, it, might, might, it could be pretty cool. Really? I think so. You can develop some ser- some good relationship. I think right? these guys are going to have a problem that they're going to have some people banging at the door yeah. when it's too late and it's full. So if you're listening to this, and I'm, I'm being serious, if, you're, if this is something interested to you, go to the website now and buy the tickets canadian bitcoin conf dot com yeah yeah uh, very uh yeah this is and it's yourself and these two who you mentioned remind me their names uh so it's dan dan and manuela dan and manuela and anyone else helping organize this yeah they have a couple i think they have two or three staff uh they have a, kind of like a marketing lady and uh someone building their website okay and so I this really is a grassroots kind of effort between you guys getting this going yeah for sure for sure yeah because um I don't think anybody's getting paid for it at this point. Um, running like it's expensive to get a venue on, and stuff like this yeah. too. Yes. So I think we know from our yeah. events, we're just yeah. it's all it's you know. No one people, does the math on these things. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it adds up. Yeah, yeah. So definitely grassroots. I'd say um, the first year it's really exciting to be a part of. Sure. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those events where it's it's going to be pretty easy to to meet the speakers and stuff like that, right? Because At 400 people, it's just going to be one big group. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the ratio to to attendee to speakers is pretty good. Pretty. So good. then, what's your journey like? You're 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 30 years old now. You told me mm-hmm. 30 years old. You work in what do you want to say you work in? So I'm I'm in wealth management. So basically, when my friends ask, I say, I help rich people save money in taxes. Um, that's the easy way to say it. But basically I'm helping people invest and retire and navigate the 
clown fiat system of overcomplicated uh, tax rules and, and everything like that, which I'm sure you guys know about. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so then how does your journey evolve to get to Bitcoin? How does that work? So uh, Bitcoin, I heard about Bitcoin in like probably like 2013 with a friend who said like, oh, let's mine this stuff. And at the time it was like, okay, that's too risky. I don't have any money. The, the money I do have, I don't want to risk it trying to figure out computers. I don't even really know how to use a normal computer, right? Um, so forgot about it for years in 2017, 18, the big bull run, uh, our company actually put out, uh, kind of like a responses that we should give to clients. <laughs> like a warning. Ask, yeah. Like <laughs> if they ask about Bitcoin, should we invest in it? You basically say, no, it's like the tulip craze and it's a bubble and no, you don't want to do it. It's too risky. And uh, at the time I thought, okay, yeah, my company's saying it. That's probably true. Not going to look into it any further. I told several clients that who asked about it. No, don't invest in it. Too risky. Uh, but then come 2020, October, 2020, uh, basically the app that I used, uh, personally just to kind of trade stocks for fun, started offering Bitcoin. And so I said, oh, you know what? I'll put a hundred bucks into Bitcoin. Um, but then it instantly started going up. If you know, October, 2020, Mm -hmm. that was like right before that really started seeing huge price action. Um, so then I thought, okay, I got to, uh, I got to research this a little bit. I have to, I have to look into this. And then once I started kind of going down that rabbit hole, I was already, uh, very anti, uh, government and anti establishment and everything like that. So once I found out that Bitcoin kind of aligned with that and defunded the, the government, um, I was very hooked, right? Were you anti-government or were you just about like, had you looked into kind of the financial system previously and kind of understood the way it worked with, with like on the fiat side with, you know, the central bankers and that type of stuff? Or was, was that the first time you, you looked into it from that aspect? So I knew about fiat and, and that, but mostly from the taxation aspect and, and how to avoid taxes and how the taxes work and everything like that. And so I hated the government for that reason. I didn't at that time understand that the currency was the problem. Right. I was oh, thinking it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you go deeper, because because I think everyone goes through like, and kudos to you for going yeah. down the rabbit hole. But the currency is a Thanks. problem to a lot of and not, and not just the tax side. I mean, a lot of society's issues. <laughs> I just oh, yeah. think it's some just hearing this story because to see where you are now mm-hmm. and it's in 2020, you were just going down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Because Nick and I think since the great financial crisis in 2008, that was our entry. Mm. And really, Bitcoin didn't exist then. And then it just got launched. And to us, it was learning about gold. Right. right? It was about real estate and gold because we looked at real estate. We're like, oh, real estate's a way that you can become a banker. Mm -hmm. Because if you buy property Mm -hmm. and then if it appreciates or, you know goes up in dollar terms, you can refinance it. Mm -hmm. And when you sign the dotted line to refinance a property and pull out some equity from that property, Mm -hmm. you're printing new dollars just like a banker. Mm -hmm. So us, it was kind of a little way to become a banker for the average person. Mm -hmm. The pleb could become a banker. Mm -hmm. And that was our kind of entry into like, hey, this really works for a lot of ways. You can kind of use the system almost against itself with real estate. Mm -hmm. And then we learned about gold and hard money. So we had been down this journey and then we dismissed Bitcoin. I just missed it like two or three times, like yeah. literally laughing. Like, yeah. come on, please. <laughs> I used to work at Oracle. I know about databases. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me about your Bitcoin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for us, it was spring 2020. It was COVID. Right. So like right. just six months before you or five months before, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, but then to hear you that you just kind of discovered at that, that point, it's always, I mean, you're young, but it's interesting to me because I always walk around assuming everybody knows this stuff. Mm. And nobody knows nobody, this stuff. Nobody, not one person. Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh, just in my line of work, de- dealing with uh, 
people who have done really well, right, and and uh, like rich people, right, helping rich people pay less in tax. Um, but they don't know. They don't understand taxes, let alone fiat and inflation. Like people still don't understand this, um, even if they're really smart people, mm-hmm. because you have to learn about it specifically. And if your if your day job has nothing to do with money or with anything like this, then why would you know, right? Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I think that's why people think that this 90-day hyper-Bitcoinization is so unrealistic because people have so far to come to understand this stuff. But I think you kind of mentioned it with the story with your, with your aunt is once it becomes a necessity, um, you learn real quick, right? Once, okay, I need to buy some food to feed my family, um, but nobody's accepting these paper dollars. I don't know why no, the grocery store or whatever, the butcher doesn't want my, uh, my fiat. You learn to use Bitcoin pretty quick if you're hungry. Right. So uh, so I, I think that it's that's what biology is really doing is kind of getting people to make that mindset change and know that um, once once fiat starts falling apart, um, it's easy for people to make the leap to Bitcoin. When you're dealing with some of these people who have made done really well for themselves and made some money in their lives, I guess it would be fair to appreciate how they don't understand the system because they've been so busy building their business and have a family and they're, they're kind of running around. Have you had anyone break through and realize, wow, like this is a little bit messed up the way this inflation works and the way the fiat dollar system works or generally, no, it's, you know, they have to discover it themselves and you haven't been able to push people into that direction. Uh, well, and a lot of these people could have benefited from the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because as business owners, if they're wealthy and stuff, they've managed to navigate well, look, the system to their advantage to their advantage and do well in it. Well, look at real estate. I mean, a lot of people walk around with real estate and think they're the smartest person ever, yeah. mm-hmm. but really they've benefited from a system that rewards real estate. I would say a little bit, um, I don't know if it's unfairly or it's monetizing real estate sure. and someone's going to walk around thinking like I'm the smartest person ever. Look at my real estate investments. And really they've yeah. kind of rode this fiat trend that has benefited real estate. We've been consciously aware of this trend and it's why we stepped into real estate when we did. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people I'm sure just walk around yeah. thinking they're the smartest person. ever. And up until 2008, if you were playing in that system, you really weren't seeing massive negative impacts because they were prolonged over a period of time. And then as it sped up over the last, what's that 15 years, or so, then you could look at it and be like, okay, this is getting a little bit, bit out of hand. People that were yeah. in the system doing well, they, sure. they, they benefited more greatly. And that's when we got that disparity between kind of when the middle class started kind of thinning out and the the larger disparity between the, the, the wealthy and the poor, which has continued mm-hmm. to grow faster and mm-hmm. faster, it seems, right? It's going to be interesting if we're, if we're at the Canadian Bitcoin conference to talk about real estate and Bitcoin, because it's just so two different things and like in my eyes like you know it's almost like someone can make the leap like someone who you're dealing with can probably understand a little bit easier why real estate might be beneficial to them and then they can take the leap to bitcoin like that's what i find with most people to get people to make the leap straight to bitcoin you kind of have to be down the rabbit hole yeah there's usually got to be a little bit of pain before people start making those connections. So to, to answer your question, mm. um, nobody talked about it pre-2020, right? N- n- uh, until that kind of uh, authoritarianism of lockdowns and things like mm. that and the real money printing really started at that time. No, no one talked about it out of the people that you you were speaking to. No mm. one had, had to speak. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then when... Even I, during the bull run, like earlier, the, the, when was the last... Was 2017? 2017. Right? Even during that... that so that was talking about it, but saying, uh, should I buy some of this? I yeah. The price went up, right? That was as a financial instrument, not really as a... So literally just as like, like let's can I make some ca- quick yeah. cash 
shuffles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not as a new right. monetary system. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the only time now that you see some people connecting the dots is really starting in 2022 when pain started, right? When a when a conservative portfolio lost 11 percent in in 2022, right? Which like, Which is not supposed to happen. In 2008, a conservative portfolio lost maybe 7%, right? And that's in the great financial crisis, right? So it's a little different uh, mm. in 2022. It's like, wait, what's really going on in the world? And then when people see their grocery store bills, right? When they see uh, meat that's double the price, that that's when people start asking questions is when there's pain, I find. Um, and that's, that's, I think, when people start to make that jump to thinking, okay, maybe there's something wrong with the currency that we use now, and maybe there's an, an mm -hmm. issue there. Um, but prior to 2022, it's like nobody really, really... I had a bit of a rude awakening on the weekend speaking to someone who I would think has a very sizable, typical investment portfolio. They just laughed Bitcoin off. Like completely, like, I was like, wow, to get this person to even begin to see this, I have to start like way at the beginning here because they were just outright dismissive. But because they've done well with what they've... In, yeah. In, I just, I'm always surprised when someone's done well and if now they have time on their hands, how they don't look into protect how they've done well. Yeah. It's just their, I think just their outlook is skewed based on the results they've generated from what they've done. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's that, fair. You know, that's sure. the way I look at it. And, and the government will protect them in their eyes too. Right. They, they think that, OK, my, my wealth is somewhat protected. By yeah, no, that's interesting. That's interesting have. that you say that because you think that you, you no, no, you, they you, think, they they think they hear that really from people. Oh, I just yeah. heard it on the weekend. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's so interesting really? that you said that because I brought up Credit Suisse. I brought up the banks and then I brought up Credit Suisse and they're like, well, obviously they're going to have to be bailed out. And the words were have to be bailed out. So it's not. So it's a non-issue. It, it's just a non-issue in their eyes because it's like, well. We're going to have to be bailed out. And that'll be the end of that. Almost like that'll be that. And I'm just standing there like, do you understand what's happening? Like, how does that solve the problem? And where does the bailout money come from? Like the next, the second level questions are just not even asked, you know? Um, you can see that too, even with finance people too, on Wall Street and everything, the, the lack of understanding, the lack of recognizing how important these types of bailouts are and how, how much they change things for people. Because if you look at the markets, the, the day after that was released, everyone on Twitter is like, oh man, we're getting a gap down tomorrow for the S&P and everything like that. But then it was up like almost a percent that day or something like that. So, so I think people, even who are involved in finances every single day, um, still don't, haven't made that leap to think, okay, is something, is something wrong here? You know what I mean? Beyond just it's slightly a little bit uh, of inflation. It's right? slightly shocking. It, it's slightly shocking. I, I don't know. So here's here's because because I try to figure this out too, and I don't know if they they think that or I just think their frame of reference. We've had this discussion mm. before. The frame of reference for so many people in that industry is trading. It's a tr short term trader Trade. mentality. Whereas on the Bitcoin side, I mean, people trade it, especially with the way it moves up and down. You can trade it all day long. Right? We're here but, for the revolution. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, but, but people like, you know, so what you're talking is a longer term, bigger picture, much, much more advanced thing than like, hey, what's going to happen this week? Can I or can I make a little bit of quick cash, you know, buying and selling something? And I think that's where the disconnect is. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of I feel like 
you know, I don't know, call it society, whatever, but, you know, wherever in the North American culture, the vast majority of people look at short term results and it, everything's about the short term. The, it's, it's the smaller number that will look at long term and then do something, invest for the long term or try to hold on to something. And I think that's where the disconnect is, is that in their eyes, that's what they do. They're just looking at the trade. They're not looking at these bigger picture things that you guys look at. That, that's fair. And I would say, and I'm sure uh, Plate, I, I like calling you Plate now. Plate, um, I, I think... Just call him Pleb. Yeah, but Plate is like... Plate liquor. Pleb is my well, last be, name. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Nick, get it straight. He's got a middle plate name, is my too. First name. Yeah. Licking. You call him Plate Liquor. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, uh, that um, you're right. I think you're right because some people in the regular financial... Some regular people, well, um, they look at their uh, portfolio as diversified. And when I explain, yeah. when I ask them why they're diversified, they'll tell me, well, I have some REITs and I have some health stuff and some tech stuff and some financial stuff and some insurance companies and all this stuff. And it's all stocks. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to tell them like, well, it's all with one in one, you're, you're, in one trading account at one bank. You're, you're like, you're not diversified. These are all stocks that you own. Like, do you have any gold? Do you have any Bitcoin? Do you have any real estate in your own name? Like to me, that's being diversified. If you want to talk the diversification game, but in their minds, they, they don't see it. And then I, I threw this at a couple of them and they didn't even hear, hear about it. But I, and I don't know if you know this plate, uh, but in the fall, you do. Um, when the UK, the pension crisis happened in the UK, they were like a day away from just selling out all the investments to cash. And then if the pensioners who, you know, that cash belonged to needed it, if they hyperinflated that currency in the three or four days yeah, while that was locked up, they're finished. you're screwed. So you're, you think you're diversified mm -hmm. because the, you know, the pension fund has all these different things, but if shit hits the fan, they came out, I think it was BlackRock that came out and said, we were a day away from selling it all to cash, sell it to cash, hyperinflate the currency. Here's your money. You're over. It's game over. You're not diversified in the least. You have everything in one bank, in one portfolio. Even if you have across different banks, you're still just all in stocks. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's just like even breaking them out of that type of thinking takes it's context. A they can't. Yeah. How many people do you think know that the, of, of the different inflationary or hyperinflationary, like extreme inflationary or hyperinflationary episodes that are going on in the world right now? Like what percentage? Especially people, North Americans. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. North Americans specifically, I'm, I'm talking about. And, you know, what's happening around the world. Most of them, they don't have a clue. You talk to them about it. They're like, oh, really? Like, so, and so that's why. So it's like their biases are towards that it can never happen here. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that what you're seeing? Oh, yeah. 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 It doesn't even enter people's minds that that could be happening. So then, okay. So then back to Balaji's bet here. You, um, you think this could happen in 90 days, 88 days, 87 days, 86 days, whatever, wherever we're at. Yeah, I think we're at 86 now. 86. Uh, I think I think it could happen. Um, would I bet a million dollars or any substantial <laughs> amount of dollars on it? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, just because, uh, like you mentioned, you got into gold in 2008. All, all the gold bugs thought that hyperinflation was around yeah. the corner in 2008, yeah. right? And all, everything pointed towards that, too, in, in my opinion. Um, but it didn't happen, right? They, they kicked the can down the road, right? It becomes... It's pretty easy for them to keep the can down the road when they control uh, the Fed, the the media mostly, right? Uh, it's pretty easy to uh, all the bankers. Yeah, and right. and I think that's one of Balaji's main points is that because they control the media and and the Fed and the bankers and things like that, it's pretty easy to 
set people's frame of reference and say, okay, they have it under control. Uh, we're all fine. Right. So what biology is trying to do is just kind of pop that, uh, illusion and say, okay, well, really it works because you have faith in the system. If you show a sign of lacking of faith, if you take your money out of the bank and use it to self custody Bitcoin, um, actually doing that pops the bubble faster. Um, so I think that's what he's trying to do is say that, um, we hold the power, right. By being the plebs. And that's why the, why Bitcoiners have kind of co-opted the term pleb is because really, uh, in ancient Rome, when the, the, uh, silver was debased so much that it wasn't worth going to work anymore. Um, that's kind of how the, the regime at the time was overthrown. And Balji is showing us that we have the power to, opt out and really to, to end this whole clown world sooner than we think we do. So do I think it'll be 90 days? No. Do I think 90 days is possible if, uh, if we take the right actions? Yes. Sure. I think there will be a 90 day window that might shock everyone. I just don't know when that 90 day window exactly is, mm -hmm. but could yeah. there be dramatic moves in 90 days? Absolutely. Is it this 90 days? Like you, I mean, who, who absolutely? I don't know, guys. Janet Yellen's out there telling us everything's okay. So, I mean, yeah, who yeah, do I believe, yeah, you yeah. guys or her? Yeah, we're all, we'll say, what do you think, um, and you're okay, so when you hear the arguments that um, it'll be really detrimental to the average person if this was to happen, you're, I think you're of the take, if I'm understanding you properly, like, hey, listen, this has got to happen at some point, so let it, you know, let it be now, let it be a year from now, whenever, mm -hmm. but it, it must happen. And, and just to frame this, I think a lot of people are saying, well, if, if Bitcoin was ever to hit a million dollars per coin, the world, the way the world looks at that point is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I agree. Uh, so I'm part of a, a group on Signal and uh, we kind of loosely call ourselves accelerationists. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that is... Um, the joke is, okay, next election, I'm going to go vote for Trudeau because Trudeau is the best prime minister <laughs> to accelerate the adoption of Bitcoin because there's an exact one-to-one oh, -one ratio of tyrannical leadership to Bitcoin adoption, mm. right? That's why we have so many great Bitcoiners in Canada. Um, but but basically, uh, the, the Band-Aid should be ripped off faster, right? We know that there's that fiat causes suffering. We know that all the, the third world countries um, are in much worse shape than they should be because they're victims of, of the dollar and, and what the US is doing, right? Um, so we know they're suffering right now. Where there isn't suffering is in North America and in, the, in Western countries where there's suffering, but not, not, not to the same degree. So yes, normal people like us who don't have Bitcoin, who don't have their own uh, cows at their house and stuff like that will suffer. Um, I have, I'm very bullish humanity, right? And I think that we have the resources and the smarts and the wherewithal to coordinate together and still make things work, right? So sure, there'll be some pain short term if hyper-Bitcoinization happens within the next 90 days, but I'd rather suffer, I'd rather the world sh suffer a lot short term than for another 500 years, right? We can either have riots and looting and, mm. and everything like that happen now for a while until we, the transition is, is done and, and uh, rebuilt, I guess, um, or we can have slow 30% tax rate slavery for another 500 years, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then it can happen slowly. So I'm, I say accelerate as opposed to let's take our time and make sure it's a s slow and orderly transition and coddle all the normies so that way that they uh, don't go hungry at all. They don't have to skip any meals, right? So I, I, I think it's a little, so I, I'm kind of, uh, I think it's a little arrogant for some of the mainstream financial analysts to think 
that there's a way to time some type of transition like this. I don't think a global monetary network like Bitcoin can be controlled to the way they might want it to say, like, let it be 15 years or 500 years. I think this is going to happen independent of any of us. So like it might be rip the bandaid and it might be five years, it might be 10, it might be 15, but I don't think those who believe, Hey, we should kind of throttle this and be careful. I don't think you have that luxury. I, I, I just don't think humanity works that way. I also don't think that it will be as nasty as some people think, because I think when shit hits the fan, I'm a big, big believer in humanity too. I think it might bring the community together, mm -hmm. that you'll have your neighbors back mm -hmm. and that you will help people that maybe you never spoke to in your own neighborhood because everyone's rushing around to their nine to five job or now they're mostly at home working. But I really think it might bring a community together and locally people will support each other. Will there be some kind of nastiness? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But I don't know if it's going to be quite as bad as some of these people would paint it. I mean, it's a fascinating kind of thought experiment to think how that would work. I just think it's arrogant of some people to think that it's going to take some time. I don't think any of us can, can control this. Mm -hmm. I, I think, think you, I, I think there's a possibility of it being controlled more than people give it credit to it, you know, until it gets to a point. Because if you just look at like what, tried to be controlled, well, look at what China's done with 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 the, their internet access. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, but you, I'm, you talking, can, I'm talking globally. Yeah. There's pockets. So yeah, Canada, America might try to control it, but is that going to stop what's happening in El Salvador from continuing? continuing yeah, sure. Well, that's what I mean. Like, is that going to happen from uh, stop some areas from Africa from further adopting it? So yeah, like in Canada, can you throttle this a little bit by trying to close off some of the on-ramps and off-ramps to it? Sure. But I, I think we're beyond Canada at this point with Bitcoin. Like, this is a global thing. Yeah, I agree. But for most people, they care about how it impacts their everyday life. And if you're living in Oakville, you're, and what's, you know, and, and it's throttled here because they've done some stuff, it's great that in Africa or in Nigeria, the uptake's been great and good for them, but it doesn't impact them in their everyday life. They have to worry about how to live in their everyday life in their society. No, I so agree. What changes that. I agree with that. I just mean, I'm measuring it globally at this point, not just in Canada. Mm -hmm. So like, I think you can slow down an adoption in maybe one region like Canada, but I don't think you're going to stop this thing at this point. No, I don't think so either. But yeah, I, I just want to go, you said something about tax rates. There was something, and I don't know if you heard this and I don't know how f far along it is um, because this was talking about the, you know, the, 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 not decay, but the move towards like a slow process where tax rates keep getting higher and stuff until people finally get fed up. But there was talk recently, I saw something yesterday, it was 60, what is it, 60% tax rate in Canada, mm -hmm. over 200, 225, 225 is two, yeah, 220, 240. Mm -hmm. If they institute that, I mean, I know like that, you know, people are already doing very well if they're, you know, they're making that much money, you know, yearly, I get it. However, if they start taking 60 cents of every dollar someone earns like there's people just are gonna leave is that done is it no it's not done no. The, but no, I, I, I didn't even know if it's truly being talked about but i was just like man if, if that's even like if they're even circ circulating that because what i found I, I feel like i've it happens more and more lately over the last few years especially during the COVID times is they like they leak what they're gonna thinking about doing they see the response then they decide what they're gonna do right so and i'm like man is this being leaked right now and talked about to see what the response is from people because they're actually seriously considering this. I mean, this seems insane to me. Uh, so I don't know all the details, but uh, I believe the next budget is being tabled like tomorrow or something like that. Um, and basically, uh, uh, Freeland kind of came out and said like, okay, we're going to have targeted inflation relief measures um, basically for, for poor people and it's going to be paid for by rich people, right? So kind of the, the, the standard uh, rhetoric that comes from the government. 
Um, so I don't know if any details were released about that, but I think that's what's speculated upon is that uh, the, the the top tax rate is going to go up, right? So right now it's uh, in Ontario five fifty three point five three, right? Is the, is the top tax rate? And that's over what amount? It's like two fifteen or two twenty three, okay, or something, something, like, something that. like that. Okay, um, which yeah, so it's it's tough already, right? It's already. It's uh, on every dollar you earn after that top amount, two twenty three or whatever it is, uh, you're you're giving more than half right back to the CRA. Um, so if they they put it to sixty, I don't know. Will that make a huge difference? How many people will actually allow themselves to pay that? Right? Or yeah. will they be sheltering it in their corporation? Okay, I'm going to have the, the 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 corporation pay the taxes instead. I'll take dividends. Right. Um, so I don't know how and that the government really wins. Mean. When's the last time these brackets have been inflation adjusted? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they've been inflation. It's not even every year. Bit. Every year. Oh, they are. Yeah. So the income amount is it goes up according to the official uh, CPI. Uh, it goes up. I don't know if it's according to official mm. CPI or not. But yeah, definitely, definitely goes up every year. But um, I have no problems contributing. Like, look, I'm all for like you, you were talking about humanity and, and, and people helping one another and stuff. And that's great. So I have no problems with helping people that, you know, don't have as much income or less fortunate or whatever. That's great. The problem that I have with this is when the government is the one that's facilitating that and taking the money to do it, they do such a shit job that it all goes to waste. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so if they're taking 60% of that 60%, maybe 3% ends up, you know, actually making it to the end user. Mm-hmm. The rest of it just gets lost in anything. And I, I can say this from firsthand experience. Look, and this was a long time ago, but I'll never forget when I was working for the municipal government, the amount of waste that was happening there, it blew my mind. Like it, that was my early twenties and I was just frustrated as hell by it. I, I had to get out of there cause it just, it blew my There's mind. There's no incentive not to waste. Mm-hmm. No, it just mm-hmm. blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is, this is nuts. And then I, I was, I, I was seeking an opportunity to then be rewarded for my efforts and my, the results that I created. Like I, I was like, I need that. Otherwise I'm just going to sit here and I'm just, I, you don't, mm-hmm. you stop, like you said, there's no, there's no incentive. You just stop to care. You're like, well, why am I going to bother doing that? And it just, the way it's structured, it's, there's so much waste. It's incredible. I'll never forget when I sold that student rental up by York university and I had to cut a capital gains check mm-hmm. and it was quite profitable. That property from the time I purchased to the time I sold it and to cut that check to the government and just looking at that dollar value thinking, what are they, this is probably going to fill one pothole in the, all of Toronto. <laughs> and it was a huge amount. It was a huge amount. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. how much of this money is just going to be wasted. It's, oh, it's friction and, and admin costs, right? I used to be part of a group where we'd get together, I think once a quarter, and everybody would donate a hundred dollars, and they'd have a couple charities uh, present to say who, okay, who's going to get this money at that at the time. So, charities present, right? It's helping kids or helping single mothers or whatever. And the questions from these business people in my area, they say, okay, well, how much goes to administration costs? Mm-hmm. And then so they say, okay, well, uh, last year it was thirteen percent or fifteen percent or ten percent or whatever. That's what you want to know when you're giving your money to help other people. You want to know how much gets lost along the way in the friction of uh, bureaucrats or, or, or admin staff or uh, fancy offices or fancy hotel rooms for Trudeau and things like that. Um, there's no transparency with government, right? And like you said, there's no incentive for anyone to reduce those admin costs. If anything, there's incentive to increase those admin costs so that they make sure that their budget is bigger the next year, right? So, so if they're, if they're short, if you work for the government and you're, you have room left in your budget and it's December 30th, you find a way to spend the rest yeah. of the budget on that yeah. last day, right? So it, it's, it's, 
I remember when I worked at Oracle, I think the fiscal year and in the government, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it's March. And I remember working at Oracle and the guys that were mapped to the government, they were just order taking at that point. They, people were from the government of Canada were putting in orders just to use the budget. They didn't even take delivery of the software. I remember, th yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking that was amazing. Yeah. And at the time, because my context was very different, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are getting commission checks on these orders that aren't even necessary, but the, the government in this department didn't want to lose their budget. And they liked this guy, so they placed the order. This guy's getting commission. He's happy. I remember at the time thinking, this is a good gig. Yeah. Like, I didn't connect all the dots of, like, how wasteful this is and what's happening at the time. That was my frame of reference. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. This guy's got a good patch. Mm -hmm. He gets these orders yeah. really easily. It was the same way in the departments when I was at municipal government. You know, if they had budget left over, the budget had to be spent. Mm -hmm. Right? They were they were spending it on whatever else. On the tech, how, much cover, how much of our tax dollars are just spent? Yeah. Like well, I was on the tech side and they're like, okay, well, let's, let's try to buy some new tech. And they were buying at that time. It was like smart boards and stuff that was, you know, that was like the latest thing. They were just yeah. buying them. No need for them. You got to wheel them for me. Yeah. No one knows how to use them. Just <laughs> buying these things. And I'm like, this is, this is, seems crazy. I liked it. Cause I was like, Oh, I get to play with the new tech now. Okay, great. Let's buy them. And I get to play with it. <laughs> there, there was an Nokia phone that do you remember if it like opened in half and there was a keyboard. It was like the first one that kind of had a keyboard. So they bought one of those and I got to play with that and set it up and, and stuff. Played over here. Doesn't remember. He's too young, man. He wasn't even born in these years. Jesus. I remember being, I was in elementary school when those smartboards came out. I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew how to use teacher them. Teacher didn't know how to use them. No, they never used yeah, them. Yeah. So, uh, um, so you said you're part of these, you know, an acceleration, accelerate, what's the name of the group? Uh, well, we, we call ourselves accelerationists. So what is said in those groups that you want to share now? Anything that we haven't covered? Because I'd imagine these groups are pretty interesting that you're going back and forth with different ideas on what to do. Is there anything that you want to share or no? Uh, so the, it's it's extremely interesting. It's a group of the smartest guys who are the most or the least appropriate guys that you'd ever meet as well. Um, so a lot of funny stuff, a lot of mention of uh, crickets, right? If, if, uh, if, if Bitcoin doesn't do well, then we're all eating crickets and living in pods. Yeah, got Right, it. because got they have to control the inflation somehow. Um, so it's a lot of stuff like that and a lot of, um, it's okay. Cause meat's bad for you. I just, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard meat and eggs. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't yeah. really eat meat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <all right. laughs> You'll be happier if you don't. Yeah. So yeah. the six eggs I had on the way over here. Yeah. Oh, bad, geez, bad, don't bad, say that publicly. Bad. Yeah. Bad. I can see your cholesterol through your veins from here. Um, <laughs> 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 so a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, lately it's really been kind of, uh, just expressing anger at the Bitcoiners who feel bad for, for okay, well, if the world feels pain because hyper-Bitcoinization occurs too quickly, I, I should feel bad about that. Mm. Um, but I don't think you should feel bad. You should feel bad for the people who have already been systemically abused for 50, 100 years, mm. right? And the people who will continue to be abused through the currency for the next 50 and 100 years if this doesn't happen now. So have you had any discussion on what the world looks like in 5, 10, 15, 25 years if this doesn't happen? Are, you know, you're joking about the crickets and pods, but I guess you're not really joking. Like, what does that world look like? Have you given that thought? The like the Bitcoin, if Bitcoin fails to achieve what we think it may achieve, mm -hmm. what, what does the world look like? Uh I, you know, it's funny because I, I can't picture it failing because I think that if Bitcoin didn't exist, 
this whole system is, is going to come crashing down anyways, right? You mm-hmm. can't just borrow from your future self forever with no negative consequences. But, but yeah. don't they just revalue against something? Like, instead of the system come crashing down, don't they just revalue against something else? Like, yeah. isn't that the solution? And then, okay, and then maybe another 50 years passes or whatever. You know, I, I don't know what the step is there, but let's say for the, the next step, system's in real trouble. They're like, Janet Yellen can't save it anymore. You know what I mean? We this, this fiat experiment time frame historically is pretty long, right? Yeah, I agree. So like uh, to revalue against something else where the, 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 the balance sheet of the, the reserve currency now is so screwed up. Like ultimately, this is just a confidence game. When you boil this game down, it's just confidence. And the balance sheet of the reserve currency, the best of the worst, the US dollar, the balance sheet of that country is freaking messed up right now. Yeah. So the confidence of these bondholders that are getting either wiped out like Credit Suisse on a private entity and just getting wiped out, mm-hmm. or if you're holding US treasuries, at some point, like if, you, if you're looking into this at all, you gotta start thinking, what is the value of my dollar yeah. when so it's paid in the, out? In the past, yeah, I agree, but in the past, so what have they done in that type of scenario when that's happened in the past? How historic, like they've done debt jubilees historically, where they just yeah. forgive everybody's debt. Yeah. And, and then they just inflate. And they've also then, there's also a new currency that comes along, which you guys are talking about as, as Bitcoin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but why is which it? Is, which, is an, which is an inflation mechanism, because anytime a new currency comes out, the old one is inflated to smithereens. Yes. But but what I'm saying is ultimately they end up revaluing things against some debt jubilee. Yes. I was leaning towards a revalue against something else, usually. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it went to the English pound, you know, whether it, like, you know, in, in the Roman times, they went to different currencies. When went to England, well, they just inflate US to gold. It's not different currencies; yes. it's just inflation. Yeah, but the standard they use mm-hmm. to 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 determine value or price of things globally goes to a different thing. They inflate, yeah. but they, right? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But why can't they do the same thing again, but just do with some other currency? No, with, they could. Like you could get the IMF with, to come out yeah, and say, exactly hey, we'll do a SDR, special drawing, right? Basket of currencies, put in a little bit of gold. Yeah. But, and but, it but that's inflation. Everything. Yeah, I, I agree. I so agree. Like, infl- it, it is basically like we're getting inflation or we're getting more inflation. Oh yeah, like, there's yeah. no I'm real. I'm just saying the thing doesn't blow up. It it just doesn't blow up and say, okay, but this it's over. Like it, it's just no, it, over. It, it they just, just kind of integrate this new thing and say, like, okay, now we're going to revalue against this thing, which is inflationary, hundred percent. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But it, it, but to the average person, just like, oh, okay, like it's going to be sold, you know, for your benefit, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like for your benefit, mm-hmm. stay home for two flipping years. It's awful just because it makes people the standard of living through that period to, to anyone who doesn't realize. And this is what you're saying. It just goes down. Yeah, no, it's shit. Yeah. It's shit. I'm just saying like, th- I, I don't feel like the next step is like, oh, this thing goes to shit, which, which is not their decision, right? Because it can't, but if it does and it happens really fast, then it's like a mm-hmm. big problem. But there's plenty right. of places for them going to for take so, a next so step. Right? Something Nick and I talk about a lot is if you look back through the last 20 years, it's like in the late 1990s, in the whole um, long-term capital management debacle, Wall Street saved that hedge fund. And that basically prevented a big part of the financial world from crumbling down. Mm-hmm. And then in the great financial crisis, the government saved Wall Street. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then now we're at a period where there's no one else available to save the government. You've reached the highest level, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Wall Street saved one of its own, then the government saved Wall Street, and now we're at a point where who's gonna save the government? The only person to save the government would be an IMF. But here's the thing on the IMF. If the IMF was to come out with some SDR and say, okay, we're gonna propagate this game further, do a basket of currencies, you kind of have China, Russia, and agree, the US yeah. all fighting each other right now. You're gonna get these three together yeah. to say, let's do a special drawing, right? And here's the equal, here's the percentage that your currency is gonna have in that special drawing, right? So that I agree with. And then I think that's where a shift of power would have to happen because a lot more pull would have to go towards the, that side of the world and America so, is controlling everything. So then what I could see you... Which is which is like for Canadians is like, oh, that's no good. So maybe... Yeah, we've, ne- we've benefited from being next door to America. So maybe the next step is just gold because the central banks are carrying gold. Like I, I'm they still thinking, are, yeah. So maybe it's like... Not Canada. Canada has not Canada. No, yeah. Canada. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Not Canada. Why would we do such a thing? But uh, not that I'm saying gold's the answer by any means, but maybe, maybe then, you know, maybe countries just settle, the settle. In a, in a crazy place. And I don't want to go off on a tangent, but we got to say this because what's happening right now is very strange. Well, no one alive has ever seen anything like this. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is remember I sent you yesterday, like Iran and Saudi Arabia now have made up. Now Saudi is reopening their, um, their embassy in Syria. Oh, they are. And, yeah. And Saudi was, they're, they're doing a, a visit like today or the next few days. And Saudi was one of the people backing and leading the war in Syria against the insurgents for regi- regime change there. So like the, the U.S. now has let. I'm and not, Saudi stopped funding Credit Suisse last week. Yeah. They were the ones I believe that were funding Credit Suisse. And they said, OK, we're done with that. Yeah. But they've made up with Iran now. So like how, you know, they were like bitter enemies for a long time. So, the, so, so geopolitically was changing too. And this all, and I know this is, you know, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but this all matters when it comes to the, the kind of financial system, because these, the, everyone pulling the strings at that level, like this all matters to what's going to happen, right? Because if they're making up and there's this less of a need for US dollar, it changes then what's available, the options to be able to happen. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just another way of kicking the can down the road a little further, right? So so I think sure, yes, we can maybe have a currency backed by gold for a while, um, but I think it's all just doomed to failure. I think I think the direction that we're going, like Foss says, of of just QE infinity, it's always going to result in more printing. Um, it just kicks the can down the road, and it can't be stopped. It can only be slowed down, really, uh, and especially now that the uh, decentralized immutable, inconfiscatable escape hatches there. Um, eventually it's going that way. And if there's a new currency, I think what you're referring to and trying to kind of uh, verbalize is, uh, in, especially in Weimar, Germany, right? They had their, their hyperinflation episode there. And the way they ultimately stopped is they just issued a new currency and said, this one is not going to be printed. We're, it's a set amount. We're not going to print it. And they believed it, oddly enough, right? The, the citizens believed it. They started using the new currency and things slowly went back to normal, right? Um, but here we are, what, 100 years later, and uh, Germany has just as much inflation as Canada or oh, more, yeah. right? Mm. And we've uh, seen it in Croatia, too. When they when they printed the new currency there, then that one just starts inflating and, and stuff. Specifically, I was talking about the SDR that Tom was, mm-hmm. you know, Tom was referred to. But yeah, you're right. I, you know, it, it's the same type of thing. But it's it's uh, it's fascinating times because think, Slate's also thirty years old. So you got to think that the people in power right now, there is a younger generation coming up. Like by the time Plate is our age, think of all the experience he's going to be bringing to the table. And then some people at your age or some of your direct peers are going to be influential at mm-hmm. different um, 
government levels. So a lot's going to change. And also think about just the the wealth transfer that everyone talks about, right? That as the boomers are retiring and and passing away, it's people like me that are inheriting this money, right? And I, and am I going to put it into bonds to keep that Ponzi going, or am I going to take self custody in Bitcoin, right? And how does that uh, demographic change? Uh, affect all this so so if you ask me when i'm your age that makes it inevitable yeah you said you said you're 50 that's 20 years from now i don't think there's one chance in hell that fiat is around in 20 years they can (laughs) they i don't believe in the evil geniuses running the world um i think that's they're too incompetent to be evil geniuses they might be evil i think i'd rather attribute it to stupidity or ignorance rather than malice um but I don't think that they have the wherewithal or the uh, or the intelligence or the teamwork to keep this going. Yeah, for years. I agree have with to you. There's to be some form of it, though, because there needs to be taxes like there needs that, to that, be. That won't change. That, that is your normie upbringing. Uh, no, no. That, uh, lens no, that, that's no, what I'm saying is was who's going to pay for the roads. <laughs> so when you want the QEW repaved. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're stepping who, into a huge who's libertarian gonna, argument. No, I know. Right? But I'm just saying like there, like there, there, there needs to be some. If you want to benefit from all the stuff that people have, you know, or the stuff you use every day, there needs to be some sort of contribution to that. It doesn't have to be financial. You can then do the work to help the society or the village mentality or that type of stuff. But but that ha- that mentality would have to change as well instead of just being like, I want to remove, I want to use all the good stuff. It's like when the argument for that would be to me that you don't, the villages created the roads around our village in Croatia. You didn't need the government to come and create the roads. The village created the roads. You didn't need taxes and the government to create those. And and that's what I'm saying. And that, that can happen as well. But mentality has to change Mm -hmm. from how people live today Mm -hmm. for that to happen. Because you would still need that mentality. You need Mm -hmm. the mentality of like, Hey, my neighbor down the street needs something. They're sick or they're injured and I can't call an ambulance anymore. We need to be the people to go help that person now. Mm-hmm. When you think you know. of a system coming to its logical conclusion, which it seems like this fiat system is, and then you think of the demographics plate that you're talking about and you layer those two over each other over the next 20 years, by the time plate's 50. So you have like the next 20 years of this system plus a, a, a group who's 30 now thinking the way they are. The next 20 years is going to be dramatically different. Oh, yeah with technology and AI layered onto that as well. Mm-hmm. So a demographic change, a system coming to its logical conflu- conclusion and technology advancements like we've never seen before. What the hell does the next 20 years look oh like? Oh my God, already, if you, mm-hmm. once you use, if you use the Bitcoin rails for anything, so if you've done, once yeah. you do a couple transfers and then you go into the bank, and we've talked about this before, and you go to the bank to do like a wire transfer, or even, even if I want to send money at the same company, but I want to send money to like, from the TD account to like an RBC account, it just seems like the most archaic. I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. You mean like I have to get a money a money order? I have to go there, wait, then I have to drive yeah. to the other branch. Seems like you're hundred it years. In. Yeah, it's going to be on hold for a few days. It's yes. Like, what What are we doing? What do you, know? you What do you tell people? Some of your friends must be down this rabbit hole a little bit with you. What do you tell some of them who might be concerned about the next five, ten, twenty years? What? Do, how do you explain what what might happen? It depends who I'm talking to, um, but a lot of times, um, because of my day job, so I'm a financial advisor by day, and then I tweet as plate-looking pleb by night, uh, so I kind of have a foot in, in both worlds. So when people are worried and they're not down the rabbit hole, and um, maybe they're not someone who's equipped to take their entire net worth into self-custody where they're solely responsible for keeping their, their value safe, 
Um, I tell them to hedge their bets. I say, I say you should have some self-custody Bitcoin. You should have some physical cash if you have a safe for it and a safe place to keep it. Um, but I think if you're uncertain of what's going to happen, um, do I think you should still buy real estate? I, I do, right? Um, um, a lot of people think, okay, well, real estate's going to get repriced with, with Bitcoin, right? Because uh, fiat is, is so inflated, right? And, and real it's been estate crashes down, it's monetized, right? Which is true, it'll be, it'll be repriced. Um, but your mortgage will also be repriced. Your mortgage, in, back to Weimar, Germany, the people who made out the best after that hyperinflationary episode were the people with large mortgages on, on real property because the mortgages were worth nothing at the end of it. So they got a free house, right? So I still think it's good to, to, to buy real estate. Um, but I tell people to hedge if they're, if they're not far enough down that, that hole that they're ready to completely self-custody their entire net worth in Bitcoin. I don't want to be the one who tells them to do that. They make a mistake and now all of a sudden they're poor. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's kind of a difficult line to, to I, and I also there. think we're standing at the footsteps of perhaps a beautiful new world because I always think about some of the older generation who I've always seen coupon clip and be worried if we do have a new monetary item like Bitcoin that can hold its value where people who are older can retire and not be worried about their savings mm-hmm. and their purchasing power being destroyed those older that older generation becomes the wise elders mm-hmm and they can kind of live in peace and they can contribute back to the community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've lost that. Mm-hmm. We have an older generation that's just constantly worried about, do they have enough money to live and they're coupon clipping at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be beautiful to have a generation of wise elders who have savings that is protected, mm-hmm. that then they can contribute back to the village and to the community? Mm-hmm. When I'm so, a grandpa, I'll be so wise. Yeah, contribute so you much. will. Play, <laughs> you will. Um, so the Canadian Bitcoin Conference, let's give us the URL again. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you speaking there? What, 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 what's your role here? Uh, so my role is really just to tweet about it and come on uh, podcasts like this and try and spread the word. Um, so that, that's my role. I'm not speaking there. I will be there. I'll be having fun. Oh, I'm throwing an after party actually on the Saturday. You of, course are you are. of course you are. Of course. And I, it's probably going to be after 7 p.m. I'm going to bed. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? You're not going to make an exception for this? <laughs> Uh, but probably going to hold it at that same uh, bar that we went to after the the Shake Pay event when oh, cool. I first met. Uh, it's called the Town Crier. I haven't called them yet. So you can buy you can buy me a black velvet. I will. See, that's I will. That'll be the second time you've ever seen one. Two I owe you though. Now <laughs> oh, yeah, of interest. Yeah. I'll let you off. Um, yeah, so there'll be an after party. So that's I guess part of my role hosting the after party, which will be fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's www.canadianbitcoinconf.com. Right. Uh, I think tickets are early birds over, so you're, you're regular full pricing now. Uh, but you also want to follow us on Twitter, which is uh, CDN Bitcoin Conf, so at CDN Bitcoin Conf. Uh, you can follow me if you like to. It's uh, uh, Plate Liquor underscore twenty one M for for twenty one million. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great event. It's just under three days, three uh, months away. Um, Hopefully, aligning with uh, hyperinflation of the U.S. dollar, we'll we'll see and we'll be tracking it along the way. That'll be some interesting conversations. That's the case. That's the case. (laughs) And you'll be uh, you'll be racing people in the hallway. You'll definitely be racing Joey at least. I will be crushing people at forty yard dash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Plate, pleasure to get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for doing this. I don't know if you fully knew what you were walking into here, so thanks for trusting us to come on here. And we're excited to participate in this in whatever way possible and spread the word. Mm. So uh, thanks for doing this man yeah thank you for having me and excited for uh, for you guys to be there yeah. for sure cool 
Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Plate Licking Pleb. His Twitter handle is actually at platelicker underscore 21M, the letter M. So it's at platelicker underscore 21M. And the URL for the Canadian Bitcoin Conference is canadianbitcoinconf.com. So that's canadianbitcoinconf.com. at the end dot com. So canadianbitcoinconf.com. And if you are listening to this and you want to dive into the world of real estate investing, you can check out everything we put together in this space at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>